Well, God is doing some mighty, awesome things. Uh, you know, the power of the word of God. That's the, that's the interesting thing about that. It has no boundaries, no limits. There are, it's, it's limitless of the word of God, declaring that, praying that, proclaiming that. And uh, once again, I asked uh, Laura and Joan this morning how, how uh, her grandson's doing, Lane, and autistic, hadn't responded. How old is he now? He's It'll be four, the 23rd of March. And uh, I think we, was it last week I told you about that or week before? Uh, he spoke. And, and, and now they said it's like he opened up a faucet, just, word, just words coming out and all the things that he's responding and they're believing uh, accordingly that God's going to do a complete restorative work and a miracle. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I say that because that's in Dover, Tennessee. And... Uh, you know, that, that we just declare that, goes there, accomplishes what God purposes for it to do. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Real quickly, I want to give you this word this morning. I always say that. That's why I say that now is because I always say it. But I believe that, that I want to just put this out there within you. I'll try not to, I mean, I could drag it out. I could go all day long. It would be dragging it out. It just flows that way because of just I know what God's doing. But a scripture I want to look at today is found in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, uh, verses 25 through uh, 29 this morning. The writer of Hebrews says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks, speaking being Jesus. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on the earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. In other words, in times past, they didn't escape that. Why would we think we're any different? And he said, the one whose voice then shook the earth, but now he's promised, saying, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, in quotation marks, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. Everything that shakes is gone as of things that are made, in other words, the things that we think are real in life, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, seeing that we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Everyone say that, our God is a consuming fire. We're in a day and an age when everything seems to be shaken. There's shaking and quaking, sifting and shifting that's going on. Russ Taff had a song uh, back in the 80s, says all that can shake is going to shake. And I believe that things are shaken. How about you? Amen? Amen. Psalm 46 begins with, uh, uh, the Lord is my refuge, a very present help in the time of trouble. Though the mountains be removed, though the earth, everything collapses, I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. Hallelujah. Verses 6 through 8, I like what this translation says. Psalm 46, 6 through 8 says, nations are terrified. How <laughs> I many of you know that there's a lot of kingdoms out there that's worried about what's going on today? They're terrified. Kingdoms are shaken. God is thundering 
and the earth dissolves. The Lord Almighty, though, is with us. Amen. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come and see what the Lord has done. Come and see what the Lord has done. I want that to be the cry that goes out from this place. Amen. Come and see what the Lord has done. Amen. Dave told me before uh, church today as he was giving me my supply of bit of honey. <laughs> I can't get enough of a bit of honey. I just constantly, in any way, he brought me up a, another bag. It's, it's all biblical. There's honey in the rock. That's what the Bible says. Uh, but anyway, he came up to me and he said, last Sunday after service, I don't, you want to tell it this morning? You want me to tell it? He said that he was just so broken and, and he couldn't hardly drive and stay on the road, eyes still filled with tears. And he'd been a Christian all of his life and then thinking about this passing moments that, without telling people, and he went out in the afternoon and started sharing the gospel to people that he lived with. Lived there for, what, 15 years or something like that? He went from door to door, praying with people and so forth everywhere he goes. How many of you know when God gets a hold of you? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I encourage you today with all that's going on, things aren't falling apart. They're just falling into place. Yes. Amen. 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 They're falling into place. Last week we talked about the promises of God that are yes and amen in him. In him, they're yes and amen. No matter how long ago, no matter what, no matter the promise, it doesn't matter. God says, I vote yes. You have to come in with a second. Amen. I second that. Amen. That's what amen is. That's what, uh, putting your, your approval, your consent along with what God has said. He's given us promises of revival and uh, I, th I thought it was neat how the Lord just gave me, or all of us, but it worked out there when I took the picture, not thinking about it, but the, 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 the sign and seal and symbol of a covenant out in the sky, the rainbow with the sign of Harvest Community Church in my caption there. I believe that God's given us another promise that revival is going to happen. We're going to see it. Amen. But it, it comes with us being diligent, walking with assurance and confidence and endurance. And knowing that uh, uh, repentance always precedes revival. That's, right, amen. That's the only way it happens. Repentance, then revival. Yep. Amen. Right. I believe that God filled the room that day, last week, as he has many times. But so many of us were not wanting to leave. Uh, could have stayed there and just continued on. But, you know, we can't come in today and look at what took place last week and say, well, that's good for another five years, and then we'll have, you know, this, this is what God did. He wants to do. Amen? Amen. So this morning, I want to speak to you a little bit about keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Talking about the fire of God. Hebrews 12, 29 says that our God is a consuming fire. And a uh, couple of, I want to give this to you real quickly. Number one, the fire of God. God calls by fire. He calls by fire. Yeah. That's how he, 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 he gets our attention many times, as he did with Moses. In Exodus, the third chapter, the second verse, the Bible says that God had heard the cries of, of the Hebrew children uh, asking for God to come and deliver them out of Egypt. And... Uh, God had heard their cry, and he came down into the backside of the desert was where Moses was, or Mo, because we watched Veggie Tales yesterday, and that was the story. Yeah. 
and he had the grandkids, but anyway, Mo was on the backside of the desert, and he sees this tumbleweed, I mean, this burning bush. If you, have, if you watch VeggieTales, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it was the story in, in uh, Western form. Anyway, the bush is burning, but it didn't burn up. And he says, man, I got to go check that out. And God spoke from the bush, the fire that was on the bush. And he said, he said I, want you to let my, I want you to go lead my people out of the bondage because I've heard their prayer and I've seen their cries and I'm ready to deliver them. Amen. He calls by fire. He consumes by fire. When Elijah was challenged, uh, or he put the challenge out there, they said, the God who answers by fire, let him be God. And they were serving the God of Baal, a, a God that is very present today in America, uh, a God that's behind all the, a lot of the abortion and all the different things and the idolatry that's going on. And the prophets of Baal built an altar there, and they danced around it calling for Baal to... to uh, uh, to answer by fire, but he never came down and consumed the sacrifice. Nothing ever happened, and they got more desperate, and they yelled louder, sang longer, stomped more, cut themselves, uh, which we see in our culture today, but cutting themselves and crying out and pleading, would you answer by fire, Baal, but he never answered. And of course, Elijah's, uh, egg, you know, he's just, he's just going on with it, you know. Oh, was he on vacation or what? I don't know. Oh, he didn't have. A, he must be taking a nap. Oh, I got it. He doesn't have his phone on. You know, he's doing all kinds of stuff. I like the one he says. Oh, I think he's in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's in the scriptures. You don't believe me? He did. He said he must be in the restroom, going to the bathroom. He can't do it by now. As a result, then they gave up. Elijah came and he picked up the stones and rebuilt the altar. He said, put the wood in place sacrifice there he says oh by the way before we get started could you just bring me some water and he they called for a bunch of water to be poured on the 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 altar there and and finally water was standing inside the stones there it was nothing like a it was like a pond if you would please a pool there and he says okay god how about showing these people who's god and show them that i, I that you're answering my prayer right now and the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice and I believe that what we're going to see right now is what the enemy's been doing, what they've been trying to do with Baal and Jezebel and all this stuff. God's going to answer by fire, and they won't know what to do. Yes. We're about to see a fire, the fire of God, yes. because everything that can shake is going to shake. Amen? Yes. Not only that, but he consecrates by fire. In Leviticus, the, uh, uh, the, the ninth chapter the Bible says that after they put the sacrifice in order and put it in place, that the fire of God came down and consumed the sacrifice. In 2 Chronicles, the 7th chapter, before the, the challenge that, that God spoke uh, through Solomon, he said that if my people would call, who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. In other words, if they'll repent, then I'll hear from heaven, I'll I'll. I'll uh, I'll hear from heaven, forgive them of their sin, and bring healing to their land. And the Bible says that fire came down from the, the, the heavens and consumed the sacrifice. So I believe that, that we're in a time of seeing the great, uh, the sacrifices of God are going to be consumed by fire, amen? And you and I are those sacrifices. Leviticus, the sixth chapter, uh, says that, the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out, and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, 
and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn, uh, burn on it the fat of the peace offering. And a fire shall always be burning on the altar, and it will never, ever go out. And that was part of the thing of why they had the priesthood. They continued to keep the fire burning. That was their goal, was to, to constantly let the fire of God. The only way we can do that is we're going to have to fuel the fire. Amen? We've got to fuel the fire. The fuel being that of the Holy Spirit, the oil, the anointing, but also the wood and the sacrifices of ourselves, presenting ourselves as living sacrifices unto God. That's what keeps the fire. If you want to have what we had last week continually, then that's what we've got to do. We've got to fuel the fire or feed the fire. Next, we need to fan the flame. Amen? Uh, if you've ever seen a fire start to go out, you can take one of those, what are those billows. Is that what they call it? Back in the day, you, you know, they pump those things or you fan or it has to have oxygen. We need the Holy Spirit, the breath of God to breathe upon us, blowing upon us, amen? And that happens through our prayer and our praise and our worship. The wind is released that keeps the fire uh, fanned, amen? And then another thing is I, I suggest that you find another fire brand. Find somebody who's as hot as you are, if not hotter, amen? It talks about fire brand in the... Uh, in the Old Testament, that uh, uh, Zechariah mentioned it, Amos, Ma 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 Micah, I think as well. I remember one time a guy from, I forgot where he was from, Africa, I believe it was, had prophesied over me, and he says, you're a firebrand taken from the altar. He said, man, you're just a, a hot coal, and uh, I don't want to go out. So you know what you do? You find the word firebrand, if you look up in our dictionary, it says a person who is passionate about a particular cause, inciting change and radical action. Amen? If you want the fire to keep going, then be around somebody uh, that's passionate about what they do. Our passion, our worship should be passionate. Our prayer should be passionate, right? You all feel quiet this morning. I know I'm just trying to give it to you real quick. Jesus said uh, in Matthew, that, or, that, I'm sorry, Matthew says that uh, in the third chapter, verse 11, that John was baptizing in the river, and he said, there's coming one after me, and I'm not worthy to even take off his shoes, but he's coming after me, and he's not only going to baptize, he's not just going to baptize you with water as I'm doing, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, yeah. and with fire. We found that to be true in the second chapter of Acts when they were gathered in a room praying. They were a bunch of people. The wood was in order. They were praying for the promise of God to happen. And after 10 days of waiting on the Lord, when Pentecost had fully come, there they were gathered there praying, and the wind of the Spirit began to blow through that place, and cloven tongues of fire sat down upon them, and they began to preach the gospel to people who couldn't even speak their language as the Spirit of the Lord gave them the utterance. I think that... Mary, the Bible tells us when she was about to deliver, uh, the, uh, or, or had just received the, 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 uh, the word uh, from the angel, from Gabriel, that she was uh, pregnant by the Holy Spirit with the most holy one. And what did she do? She left where she was at and went with her, to her cousin Elizabeth. Now, this was an elderly cousin, okay? But you put firebrands together. So how many of you know that if you, want, if you want it to happen, you need to hang out with the right people? Right. Amen? Right, amen. Yeah. Hang out with the right, right people. Yeah. 
Another use they call a firebrand is one of those pokers or stokers. It, it moves the coals around. It's one of the burning ones. We need to, we need to be one of those, and we need, to, we need to be around people like that to keep the fire burning in our own lives. Amen? Secondly, or, I mean, uh, then we see that the fire must be maintained in the Scripture, but not contained. Amen? Good, yeah. Must be maintained, but not contained. So, uh, originally, God started the fire, yeah. right? He started the fire, but the role and the responsibility was up to the priest then to keep it going. You know, when we pray and God answers by fire, we have a responsibility then to say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it going. Yeah. I'm not going to let up. I'm going to do what I have to do to make it happen. Satan wants to contain the fire of God. He loves to contain the fire of God. He wants to choke it out and snuff it out before it ever spreads. We see in the book of Acts after the day of Pentecost, uh, Peter was preaching. 3,000 people get saved. He goes to the temple to pray one day, and there's a lame man who'd been sitting there even during the time when Jesus had passed by there, but he was crying, he, he was asking for alms, and Peter looked at him and something different that day with the fire of God within him, and he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He lifted him up to his feet, and the man began to leap and praise God and jump and shout and do all kinds of stuff. And now everybody was going crazy because, man, what's taking place here? And the, the religious people wanted to contain the fire. They said, well, let's take them in. We'll beat them and tell them not to. Just make sure that this doesn't spread any further. Are you with me? That spirit, is, that voice, that, that desire is still in the world today, and it happens over our churches. Make sure it doesn't spread. Yeah. All right? Just keep it contained. Keep it contained. But Gamaliel, who was a, a Pharisee at that time, had a little bit of wisdom. And he says, guys, I don't know if you realize this. He said, if it's not of God, it's not going to matter. It's not going to last. But if it is of God, you can't stop it. You can't contain it. If this is God, we're going to be fighting him, and that's not going to work. And that's some good advice. Amen. Amen. As, Asbury uh, University in Wilmore, Kentucky, couldn't contain it, what the happened two and a half weeks ago. Last weekend, as of the time for the two-week two two period, uh, 100,000 people came into a town of 6,000 with just a couple of roads getting in there. They had to close down the city. We can't hold it anymore. And a lot of people, they had to reroute some things. They, couldn't, they realized they couldn't contain the revival, nor did they want to contain it. Right. What they wanted to do was have it spread to different places. You see, if often I said I wanted to get down there. I just wanted to be around it. But I believe that God could answer by fire wherever. Amen? Amen. That's what it's all about. It doesn't matter. And so anyway... They had to break out, and now we're seeing that it's actually breaking out into other schools. Some of it's happened as a result of kids who had gone there, and now their emphasis is that only Gen Z is who they want to reach out to. They don't want to give up a seat for a 25 and under because this generation needs the fire of God. It's been too long since they've felt it. We're going to have a generation that doesn't know God. It only takes one generation to pass, and our society is gone, man, believe me. And so they want to instill that to make sure that they get it. There were prophecies that, that uh, revivals were going to happen, even in the universities. Uh, I want to read this to you if I can. 
this morning. Uh, this was a few months ago. Uh, Dale Gentry had, had written a prophecy or had gotten a prophecy. And he, he said that I heard the Spirit saying that revival fires, this is several, several months ago, uh, that revival fires are going to spread across America. These fires will not be connected to one another. There'll be one, there will be one revival that starts, and before it can be contained, another fire, uh, revival fire will start in another geographical locations. Some of these revival fires will continue. Oh, I hate my thumb that when it deletes or moves off. Anyway, I'm trying to push it up and it cancels it out. Another fire will start in another geographical location. Some of these refires, uh, revival fires will continue to burn for weeks or months. These fires will not be started by man, but be ignited through the corporate prayer where people start praying together, seeking God, worshiping Jesus, repenting, signs, wonders, and miracles. Each of these revival fire events will be spirit-led and include worship, praying, preaching, with people being saved, healed, and delivered. Each of the revival fires will include apostolic oversight, which will include an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, accompanied by a moderator. They'll serve as overseers of the gatherings. These men will have no public voice in the meetings, but will discern the direction the Holy Spirit is leading and will determine who is to minister next in word, song, or testimony. The moderator will then release the next person who will minister. Then some of these services will include only a cappella worship, while others will include prophetic minstrels who will play on instruments as well as worship and, uh, uh, and prophesy. Those who minister will be no names. They will not be introduced. They will not lift up their ministry or their name. Most of those who minister will come out of obscurity to preach, lead prayer, or prophesy. When that person is emptied out, the moderator will determine who takes the microphone next. Those who try to speak out of turn will be put to silence. I like the big name said, hey, we could come there and worship uh, and lead worship for you. They say, oh, no, thanks. You're welcome to come and worship, you know. I love it, man. But our kids are doing pretty good. These revival events will have no official beginnings or endings. There will be no announcements. No revival services uh, will, will be scheduled. They'll just be continuous uh, will, with people coming and going. Hungry people seeking God, intercessors who keep the fire burning on the altar day and night. The revival, these revival fire events will not be started by man's promotion, but with signs, wonders, and miracles. Some of the revival fire events will be temporarily interrupted, but not contained. These revival fires will spread across America, re resulting in another spiritual awakening. It's here, folks. There is maybe some of you who have been following Facebook, you'll notice that there was something that's been said both uh, positively as well as negatively and in, in, uh, derogatory toward a prophecy that happened back in the 80s, I believe it was, a long time ago, by a man who, whose name is Bob Jones, uh, who had a prophetic word. Now, before I tell you the word, many of you probably heard it, Bob Jones, I think he was from Arkansas, but Mike Bickle, who was from St. Louis, moved to Kansas City back in the 80s and uh, felt led to start a church there. He had a church going. It was very successful, good part of town. He had uh, upcoming affluent individuals, young uh, yuppies, if you would, good jobs, good paying jobs. They were gathering there. 
And one day a prophet by the name of Bob Jones, Mike Bickle didn't know anything about him, came walking into his office. And, you know, Mike is in his 20s at that time. And they're happy with where they're at, what God's doing. He's getting ready to start, uh, you know, to, to move out. And Bob Jones walks in. He's look, he said, he never looked me in the eyes. He was looking around like this. And he said, uh, he said are you the pastor? He said, yes, I am. I'm Mike Bickle. He said, uh-huh, okay, this is it. And he said, what? What are you talking about? He said, this is, this is the place. This is what I saw. Saw the office, saw him. And he said, God's getting ready to do something here. And he said, you're going to raise up a prayer ministry. It's going to call in people. And uh, anyway, on and on. And everything that he said, at first Bickle thought this guy is crazy. He says, he, you know, he had missed a couple of levels of education. <laughs> you know, but... He said, all of a sudden, he said, things began to change. He said, what I thought was kind of comical all of a sudden became more serious to me. But he made a statement. He said that, uh, but you're not going to be here long. And he said, what, what, what do you mean? He says, oh, you're going you're gonna to move over to the other side of the tracks, over to another area. And Bickle is thinking to himself, why would I want to move? I mean, I got people here that we're doing good. They don't want to go over there. And you know, th that's not a good move. That is not a good geographical move for us strategically he says no he says you're going to go because you're you're going to be connected with uh harry truman he said wait what now he said well what, what do i have in common with harry truman he says well harry was a political intercessor for israel <laughs> he says but you're going to be a spiritual intercessor intercessor for a spiritual israel for the body of Christ. Yeah. And he said, uh, anyway, that's where you're going to be located. Well, time goes by, and I, I don't know all the different events that happened between there. But then uh, Bickle gets 120 acres of property given to him. And guess where it's at? Used to be owned by Harry Truman. <laughs> so to qualify what, whether people want to believe Bob Jones or not, Bickle says, you know, he's kind of got a good track record here. And Mike uh, said that Bob Jones and several guys have repeated this, that back a long time ago, that he prophesied, and this is a signpost. He's not giving a prophecy about this. He's saying this will be a signpost. In other words, when you see this take place, know that this is the beginning. Fifty years had gone by, and the Kansas City Chiefs had not had a, uh, a Super Bowl championship. And in 2020, just before COVID shut down, the Chiefs, he told him, he said, when the Chiefs get the Super Bowl, when they win the Super Bowl, you're going to know that revival is starting. And it's a billion soul harvest. So anyway, 2020 happens, and a lot of people are going, oh, man. This, can this be true? You know, is this the beginning of it? But yet nothing they can see seems to, to pop out of it. Churches are shut down, things to be squelched, trying to contain that fire. Watch, okay, stay with me. So that they would win the Super Bowl. Now, he, people are saying, why would a prophet prophesy the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl? He wasn't prophesying. He said that's going to happen, and that will be the indication of when it starts. Okay? All right. So, a lot of people didn't see this take place. But in 2020, 
there was a man by the name of Liao Hong Tu, Liao Hong Tu, who in 2020 uh, had come here, and I told you about him last week. He went and began, God called him to go pray over Asbury. And he was walking around, walking around the pro- properties. And then the Lord told him specifically in 2022, I want you to get signs. And he would make these handmade uh, you know, handmade cardboard signs and, and paper bag signs and stuff like you'd see over at the corner of Grand and Forest Park, you know what I mean, or whatever, people holding up signs. It, that's the way it looked. People thought he was crazy. He just walks around praying, praying, praying for revival to take place in 2020. Well, in May of 2022, he gets this urgent call for him, as, and he, he's a, 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 a professor. He's a biblical professor he's he's a doctor and so anyway he gets this call to go to New York City an urgent call to go up there and be connected with the ministry his wife said why are we leaving we came here to pray for revival and revival's not happened why are we leaving he says God says to go there so they go there they're there for six months after that at the beginning of this year they had to take a trip uh, to uh, Hong Kong to, to Malaysia rather to take play uh, to, to take care of some business that was there but they came back into the states and went to New York and drove to Wilmore Kentucky and were there on the 7th of February and the revival broke out the next morning and so when he was interviewed the, the humble man said you know what God had me leave during this time because he knew how I would be that I would take credit for it. <laughs> he said, God wanted to do it. Say, I could do it without you. I just wanted you to see it, though. That's how good God is. So you see, if it was nothing but striking a match yeah. that he struck in 2020, it's now found wood. It's found oil. Yeah. And it started to ignite. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. Amen. There are lists of schools and, and they change all the time. But anyway, this is what I had as of, I guess, Thursday when we were uh, putting this together. But at that time, I think what happened at Asbury then had moved. There were all kinds of places, Lee University, uh, Samford, uh, all kinds of places that it was happening. Let me see if I can read these on my list here because I can't read those. Oh, that's no better. Anyway, a bunch of universities. I think there was like 21. Now there's 31 at at the time when I did this, but they've broken out all across the United States and even other parts of the world. And uh, most recently, uh, I know that Hannibal LaGrange, it's happened here. Uh, There's revival taking place there. But most recently, uh, this was the second night, a picture that took place at the Texas A&M Uh, the Aggies, and they said, this is real, this is worship, it's repentance, prayers, no leaders, physical healing, baptisms, crowds bigger than last night, and that's what was taking place a few days ago uh, at at Texas A&M. God's doing some things, amen? Amen. I think that we as a church have been blessed to be connected with a lot of people who who have been involved in what's taking place. Uh, back in 2009, I think it was, uh, we were visited here by Dutch Sheets, who's been an intercessor for America for a long time. He's like an apostle of intercession, just constant prayers. God gave him that. But the Lord gave him a dream back in early 2000 uh, 
and he saw this dream, and he felt it was a spiritual one, but it's, he, he saw the dream as he was fighting this giant, or, or there were five giants, I think it was, but he had... Uh, he was given boxing gloves, and with one punch, he would knock one out, then the other one, he'd knock it with the other arm, this one and that one. There were five punches that were dealt, and the boxing gloves had written on them two different names. On one of them, it said Everlast, which is not uncommon because that's who manufactures boxing gloves. You know, it's a, it's a company. So he had Everlast on one, but the other one had confused him because it said Evergreen. And he could never figure this out uh, until six years later, uh, six years later, uh, someone met with him and said that he had something to give to him. And uh, so anyway, he, uh, the guy that he was meeting with took this piece of fabric and held out a flag. It was a flag, and it was an appeal to heaven flat, upside down. All right. Appeal to heaven. Appeal to heaven. And it had the evergreen tree on it. And he said, I just felt like I should give this to you. Does this mean anything to you? He said, you have no idea. He said, I've wondered about that evergreen ever since that time. Only to find out that this was what had taken place upon the very beginning uh, when, when they came over from the other country, when they came into, United, into America, the 1600s. I think it was 1607, John Locke in, many of his, in some of his writings wrote down, when you reach a place that the courts or unjust courts will not hear you, you make an appeal to a higher court. You appeal to heaven. Right. How many of you know we've reached that place where the courts yes. don't seem to be doing right? Yes. But I believe that people in prayers and cries have gone out yes. appealing to a higher court, the court of heaven who overrides everything. Yes. Amen. And so anyway, he felt this was great, this is what's happening. And Rick Curry uh, had the dream of the whole flag, and he sought it out and found out that there was a flag about it, and that's how this all came about. Well, Rick Curry was born in uh, Richmond, Kentucky, raised there, uh, was a pastor there. And, and anyway, he had been to different places, the Cane Ridge Revival, uh, Cane Ridge, where the revival broke out in 1801. Uh, he was also involved in Manchester, Kentucky, what had taken place there, uh, Appalachian Dawn, I think is what they called it, but a revival took place there because people repented and prayed and everything within one day. I mean, corruption was exposed. People were removed from office. They were hauled off to the uh, prison because of what was taken. In one, no, they prayed for a while, but one demonstration of corporate gathering, the next day it happened. How many of you know God can turn things around? And so anyway, I wanted to know about Manchester, Kentucky a few years back, about four years. And I was trying to figure out, I wonder who could, I could talk to about what had taken place. And I, the, I'm sitting at the computer here at the church, and I hear this, in, this within my spirit, you need to contact Rick Curry. And I said, I don't know Rick Curry. He said, you need to contact him. That's what kept going over in my mind. And I thought, why do I need to, I don't know this person, who is it? And so anyway, I looked on, I Googled his name, Rick Curry, look for Kentucky, Rick Curry, Kentucky. And come to find out, there was a Rick Curry there that I didn't know about that was connected with these revivals. And I wasn't sure, and I, I, I left a phone message, and I, 
it was, a, in fact, to this day, we still laugh about it because I, it was like, he said, that was the craziest phone call or phone message, phone message I ever had. I said, Rick, I'm Roy Boyer from Harvest Community Church, Pontoon Beach, Illinois. I don't know if you're the Rick I need to talk to, but I believe that God told me, he gave me your name, he gave me, I found this number, and I'm contacting you, and I need to talk to you about something. And that's the way it was. So he called back, he said, I just had to find, he said, I, I'll come to your church just to see who you are. <laughs> and we, he came here four years ago. He came here, and uh, it's, anyway, all this stuff. So, It, it doesn't begin or end there. So we're connected with Rick Curry. Rick Curry's the one who was down there f doing a lot of the Facebook footage that's been used by, uh, at Asbury, been used by the media, uh, interviews there, and so forth. But anyway, I'll go on and say that. We've had connection. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We've been connected where fire's been. Yeah. We can't let it go out. So... Anyway, the other day I heard that it, it happened at Yale, at Yale, just a couple of days ago, before the weekend, that, and I saw pictures, kids leading worship, gathering around, crying out to God, repenting. How many of you know, that was a Christian college to begin with, That's right. right? All the, the Ivy League schools were for the propagation of the gospel, educating to propagate. And so anyway, uh, it happened at Yale. And the, the connection there is so neat because you know who went to Yale? Uh, Jonathan Edwards, who was the voice of the uh, first Great Awakening. All right? So he graduated from there uh, and was the top of the class and everything and all of his ancestors from there. Anyway, a powerful man of God, along with uh, George Whitfield, who was connected with Yale University during that time, as well as David Brainerd. David Brainerd, they were, they were contributors to the first great awakening. Well, you see these pews that are up here? Yes. Those came out of a church that began before the great awakening. Yep. They came out of a church that was in New London, Connecticut. And several years back, I heard that they were, uh, someone had moved in there and they were changing things around. They were going to allow a certain amount of these little pews to be given out to people that it meant something to them. So Mike Dillard and I and another uh, gentleman who had a long trailer, we drove to New London, Connecticut, got 10 of them, brought them back. I delivered them to John Kilpatrick, uh, Pat Chatsline, uh, Karen Wheaton, uh, I can't, Judy Jacobs, a couple of other people, but we kept two here because I said, if you, my point being, they preached in the church where these came out of. They, you, you know what I'm saying. Now, there's nothing holy about them, but I'm telling you what, they were in the presence of Almighty God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. They'd been in the presence of praying mamas for their kids. Yes. They were in the presence of, oh. There's a lot of tears. Yes, and I said, I, I want that here. Yeah. I want them to be here. So anyway, I'm thinking, I wish I could make a map, and I was going to put Stephanie to the task of taking all the schools and highlighting them as to where these revivals that were breaking out only to find out that one of the students there was doing an art project, and now this is outdated because this is like a week ago that she made this, and she took uh, pen, these pens to mark where Asbury was that's just lost in the whole thing, and you can see how this cluster of, of pens that are from there, and she's drawn the, the yarn that goes out from this place 
out to other areas. And over here, as you can see, it's gone to the world. Yes. People have sold their uh, various, you know, I, I heard of one today that they sold, uh, they were in Chile, sold their car to get over here. And just people that said, I, I want to I experience what God is doing so I can take it back to where, where we are. All over the world, Brazil, everywhere you can think of, a lot in South America. In Africa, there's revival breaking out in Uganda. There's a revival breaking out in the Philippines. There is a fire that is going, and we need to maintain it, not contain it. Amen? We need to keep it going. What God did here, we should count blessed and say, thank you, God, I don't ever want to lose it. Amen? The timing of it all. The Jesus Revolution movie that's, being released, that's been released this past weekend. Uh, any, anyway, they, uh, there was, it was co coincidental that the Jesus Revolution took place at another revival in 1970 at Asbury. It hits at the same time. There was a revival in Asbury, which was a part of the Jesus Revolution. And now here we are again. There's a release of this movie and, and, and the revivals that are taking place, I believe God's trying to get our attention. Yes, amen. Two things. Number one, he wants us to experience what he, he wants us to experience him as being the all-consuming fire. That, that, uh, he, he's just so good. He's so good. And two, I believe it's a message that he's coming back. Yes, amen. He's coming back. Yes, I believe that we will see a billion soul harvest in these last days. Yes. The means that we have of doing it, the sending of people through the media, all the things that are taking place. We have, the, we have everything in the making right now. If we'll not contain it, but just maintain it. Keep it going. Keep it going. Amen? Yes. We're going to see revival. How do we do that? It's got to be maintained from worship. That means that when we get together, our prayer, our worship, our worship is actually our prayers, our intercessions. It's like intercession, uh, incense that rises before the throne of God. If we do anything less, we're letting the fire out. So I challenge you, I challenge myself, no matter what, wake up in the morning and start worshiping God. You can, you can feel the same thing in your car or in your house or whatever, but be a place where the presence of God can work. Release Release, release that oxygen that fuels the revival, amen? amen? We get in the word. Don't let the word just become something that you hear on Sunday. But look into the word and say, God, here I am. Speak to me through this word. I know it's for me. What do you have for me today? That maintains a revival. Our willingness, uh, Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, so that you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Be willing. Next, our witness. Our witness. It's time that we take what we've got and hand it to somebody else. Yes, hand it right. to somebody else. Yes. Cause their fire to be ignited. Amen. Someone yes. with a passion. And in our walk. How we live out what we get on, in the presence of God is how we should live all the time. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. I want to pray over what's taking place downtown Granite City. Father, we need 
revival in this area. We need revival. We need to, there to be a turn from what it's become, from what it was set out to be. Father, I believe that those individuals who came here, they came out of a revival at Cane Ridge and came here and they brought that presence of God with them and they conducted camp meetings and everywhere they went, they set up places for worship to take place. And Lord, we have defiled that. We've defiled that. We see how our downtown hub, which was set up for education, libraries, school, and churches, houses of worship, and we've seen it take place to where it's a turnaround. I, I mean, we see that there's, uh, we have a place there that deals with mental health, but they're not doing it in the right fashion. Oh, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. We've set up a place where there's idolatry, there is sacrifice of, and shedding of blood uh, across from a hospital, which is maintained, or, are there to, to uh, bring forth life, and we're taking life. Father, we repent. We repent because it's a part of us. We weren't the ones that did it, but Lord, we repent on behalf of, we act like the priest who would make intercession for others who couldn't make intercession for themselves. And we stand between the porch and the altar and we cry out, say, God, forgive us for the shedding of innocent blood. Forgive us, O oh God, of the ways that we have abused our bodies and allowed the enemy to come in and take our minds. Abu Lord, we've abused things, immorality, idolatry, all the things that have taken place. And we repent and we ask God that once again, you would hear from heaven as you promised in your word. That if we would humble ourselves and pray and seek after you and turn from our evil and our wicked ways, that you would hear us. Hear our cry today, O oh God. Answer by fire once again. May the fire of God burn up all the, uh, the, the, the sacrifice, all, all the, uh, that with, which relates to idolatry in the spirit realm, Father. That which relates to Baal. Consume it, O oh God, with the fire of God. Lord, I believe that what you want to do, and here we are in the heart of Granite City, Showing a, showing a film that rep was represented or reminding us of what you did 50 years ago. You're doing it again. I pray for everyone that sees it, Father. May they be ins inspired or encouraged to walk through. May they have an ignited passion from within inside of them that the fire burns hotter today than it did yesterday, God. I pray that you move upon those who, who, who watch this and they see what can happen if we truly call out to you with a repentant and a humble heart. I pray, God, that churches would begin to change their vision about how they view the people who need Jesus the most. Father, I call that word that was spoken over me for this church. That you gave us a promise that, if, that because we were willing to accept those who no one wanted, you would give us those that everybody wanted. And I thank you we're going to see changed lives and a turnaround. Let revival. Father, let this be another thing. Let this be like a firebrand of what's taking place. Putting it together and the two fires become hotter and hotter and hotter and they become a blaze, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let it spread from coast to coast, I pray, around the world. All the prayers, all the people that have been involved, the nameless, faceless ones that have been crying out for you, for sons and daughters, for grandchildren, 
for all those, God, for just for the generation itself. I cry out for this generation that's raised up. Father, we failed. We failed so many times. God, forgive us and help us to get it right, to do what's right, and see your hand of mercy and grace move upon lives once again that they can feel their life being fulfilling, or fulfilling the destiny that you've placed upon them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's, if you want to pray, I'll be glad to pray with anyone this morning. If you need to go, that's perfectly fine. But, you know, I, I've learned right now that we don't have to have all the stuff going on. It's good. God uses it. But you know what? It's all about us individually. If you want prayer, feel free to come down here this morning. Otherwise, I'll look forward to seeing you this afternoon. And... Uh, as many of you as can. I love you. God bless. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you.